drop. Hey everybody, my name is Christian Wynn, the director of StoryForge, and you're listening to StoryForge Presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March, though this year, currently we are postponed to September 23rd through 27th, 2020, and we're here to tell you about all things Treefort. Today, we're with Mike Ench, myself and Heen, we're actually back in the studio, fully sanitized, fully socially distanced. Mike Ench is a friend, and he's the head of safety and security for Treefort, Coachella. Some Burning Man action in there, too, so we're going to get into I'm not like, head of safety for Coachella. Well, thanks for, okay, <laughs> sorry to give you too much credit, but you do some pretty important stuff for Coachella we're going to get into. Right. We've got some family experience um, with his father, who got COVID-19, so we have that to talk about, and just kind of the state of the festival world right now, and some Treefort insight on all that, too. So, Mike, welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Treefort and clarify what you do for Coachella a bit too. Right. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you for, you know, having me here. I feel humbled. You know, it's it's been a long journey these last few months and I have a story to tell, you know. Thank you for giving me an, an avenue to share that story. Treefort, I am the head of safety and security. We've kind of changed it to safety operations. Um, okay. Take away the security aspect of it. Sure. Yeah, I write our emergency action plan that all first responders and everybody follows. You know, as, as Gilbert tried to label me Scary Fort, because yeah, I, so I'm we always scary. You do have a Scary Fort, the Scary Fort puts on. Because I know. I should get you a t-shirt. Yeah. I'd love a t-shirt um, because, you know, he's like every time I sent him an email or every time I updated on what's going on globally in the in, as far as safety and security for music festivals, it would scare the crap out of him. Sure. So he labeled me Scary Fort. And I said, Eric, I'm not Scary Fort. <laughs> if, if, if I deserve a label please give me the label prepare for it prepare for it you know like yeah. that's that's a, it's it's a huge responsibility what are some of the things that you look at? I know I've sat in a few of those meetings, so I, yeah. I have an idea, but how would you define your role? I mean, what kind of specifics do you into when you're looking at safety and security or safety operations? Man, you, you think of the worst possible scenarios. That's what I'm paid to think of. So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, active shooter scenarios, mass weather scenarios, obviously, power grid failure scenarios. Pandemics. Um, <laughs> that was one that was new to me. You know, it, it hit me out of left field and gosh, I underestimated it. You know, in, in the beginning, I 100% underestimated what this thing would do. And I was talking to our local health department. I was talking to the city of Boise emergency preparedness department. I was talking to everybody to try and wrap our heads around this to, is Tree Fort going to happen or Tree Fort not going to happen? Sure. You know, and it really hit me from left field and did the best I could to try and make sense of it. Obviously, it was much worse than many of us suspected back in, in the early days. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, we heard about it overseas. We saw it here yeah. and there around the yeah. globe. And then right. we just, it seemed very foreign to us, you know, <laughs> as you know, people who run these events. It was like, ah, we'll be, we'll be cool. But obviously, I kept a really close eye on it. And um, 
Yeah, so this is an incredibly important role you have for Treefort, um, and it's one of those things where I've heard you and your and your team talk about it, where you kind of want people not even to notice that you're there. Almost exactly. So there's a thing. So yes, we do have security at Treefort. We we hire two different companies. We try hire Protective Services of Idaho and MAV, and. By splitting up, you know, having two companies, we have more accountability and we also get more of their A-team. When you have, a, you know, one festival that needs 100 guards or 100 safety officers, they're struggling to keep up. They're struggling to find mm-hmm. com- competent people. So you split it up, you get two quality teams. And my whole thing is we're, I, and I have meetings with all of them every morning. Mm-hmm. And I always reiterate, we are here, number one, to enhance the experience of everybody coming in to see this show. That's our first obligation, is to enhance the experience. If you wanna give somebody, prior to COVID, obviously, you wanna give somebody a high five, I encourage you to give somebody a high five. Let's create that loving vibe so we don't have to do anything. Your second responsibility is you're the eyes and ears of the festival for, for us, for safety and security. You see something, you say something. You you never, ever escalate a situation. If somebody comes at you hot and heated, I don't want you to feel like you're getting run over so you can escalate to their level to make your point, but you never escalate above. You never take that. You're never the instigator. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just certain things that I tried to just instill in them. And man, last year, the response was amazing. I had the entire teams, both sets of teams rallying around us like, this is amazing. This is so great. Like walking by, seeing them giving high fives to random fans and just going, yes, this is the vibe we want, you know, because security is a tricky thing. It can go that way or it can go the other way. Absolutely. We you see know? Uh, in the state of the world right now, yes. um, we've had obviously, so, yeah. uh, you know, political and social unrest and people taking it to the streets and we've seen right. it go very wrong. Yes. <laughs> so. Right. You know, I try to instill that hey let's enhance these people's experience absolutely and i think that for sure you know as a member of the team you know running story for it and also just being a big fan of the festival it's it's such a great vibe you've talked about it a lot in certain meetings with us it's like kind of like you guys have to be feeling lucky that you're you have these really dedicated people and this you know kind of i don't know symbiosis with just the whole community you, you know it just takes a little bit of personal touch like I, I, I don't walk by a security guard at a gate and not ask him how he's doing or they're, how, how they're doing. Ask him if they need something to drink. What can I do for you? If, if I'm in a hurry and I can't take the time, I give him a high five. You know, just that little acknowledgement that like, yo, I see you. You know, That's I awesome. see you at this gate standing here, you know, being here at this gate. I see yeah. you. And I feel and, like that's part of like the tree fort ethic across yes. the board. I mean, just on our team, you know, mm-hmm. acknowledging volunteers, acknowledging others, you know, sort of people who run different forts and yep. bands and just, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's really unique and it's, we're missing it right now. You know, we missed is, it in March, yeah, so, yeah, but this, we're, we're plugging that's, away. And, you know, man, that's, that's how good music festivals are run. That's the family I grew up doing this in with my Coachella family. That's... That's why it was so easy for me to just slip right in here. Yeah. Um, Because you guys have something super special brewing. And it's it's an honor to be a part of it. It's great to help it in any way I can. And, man, it's something cool, you know? Yeah, we were happy to have you on board. I think last year was your first year Correct. leading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess... I'd, I've been you... a couple times as a patron. You yeah. Know? 
but generally I'm already at Coachella by the time, you know. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's, let's kind of pivot that direction a little bit. It's, you know, in the same vein is what you do here or you know i feel like it's in the same vein i've never witnessed your job there but i i think you've been there since the beginning right well, or very eight, close eight, to the beginning 18 years yeah 2003 was my first year at 18 out of 19 years i think that's uh, about 20, 20. Years. so I, okay. I missed i missed 1999 they didn't hold it in 2000 i missed 2001 and 2002 that's and then i was like hey <laughs> what's going on in the desert there yeah, how you did know? you get there? Like, um, what were you doing before that? It kind of it kind of ties into the Travis thing. Okay, so so let's. And who is Travis? Travis Barker. Okay, he's a drummer. <laughs> yes, he's a very famous drummer. Um, yeah. We'll get to a story about him a little, little more in depth with Mr. Well, it, Barker it, it, later, it, it, but like, take us there. Okay, so quiet. well, it kind of ties into how I got into the Coachella thing. So, gosh, it's 1995. It's my last semester at UCLA, and I choose to move out because before then I was living at school and then my parents' house, school, then my parents' house. I decide to get a studio. In the studio, my best friend, since I was four years old, lives next door. And downstairs was this is this creative guy that's a singer in a band, but he's also attending the art college in Laguna Beach. So he's an artist and a singer. Like the guy can do anything he wants. Mm -hmm. So I go out and see their band a few times. And at that point, they were kind of Pearl Jam-esque, right? Okay. This is the 90s. Fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward. They say, hey, we just brought the, got this new drummer. You got to come see us. And it was straight into pop punk. Like hmm. immediately. Straight into like really poppy punk. So he's yeah. most famous probably for their Blink-182 drumming. So that's yeah. kind of that sound, maybe you'd call it. Yeah, that. no, okay. it is. It's it's very. So first night I saw him, I walk up to him, to, to the lead singer, and I was, they're all standing around. And I was like, do you guys have management? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, what does he do for you? They're like, nothing and takes money. And I was like, what if I wanted to manage you for free? And they said, you're hired. So Free's I, good. I, yeah. I jumped in all the way. You know, I read everything I could, just started cold calling venues, doing the whole thing, um, started working, started playing with bigger, you know, bigger audiences. We opened up for a couple shows for the this band called the Aquabats. Sure. This is, this is Southern California in the Correct. 90s then, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And punk and ska and that whole thing was ruling everything. Mm -hmm. um, played with the Aquabats a few times. Aquabats were managed by this guy, Bill Fold got blue hair you know i was like i'm you know he liked me because my band would show up they'd play on time they weren't head cases they you know so we got nice. we had this relationship and fast forward again bill fold coachella comes around uh he wasn't there in 99 i don't think but i think in 2001 he was festival director how big is coachella then coachella then when i first started it was all dirt roads it was so like we were just creating something in the desert out mm -hmm. of, you know, just doing our best and working really long hours for the passion of what we were doing. God, I don't know how many people were there back then. Not as many you know? as today. Oh, not <laughs> even close. And what bands? Not even I'm, I'm close. curious, like, who was playing Coachella back in the day? Who was it? So, gosh, I just watched the Coachella documentary about 10 times, too, and I still don't remember <laughs> That's who, okay. was, who was playing. But it was like Bjork, I think, was my okay. first year. And I was just absolutely blown away by her artistry and mm -hmm. what the performance she put on. Who else? There was like memorable performances were like Oasis, obviously Daft Punk. That mm -hmm. I, I was, I'm one of the fortunate ones that got to see that cool. that performance in the Sahara tent because I was dating the 
the uh, marketing director and she said, you have uh-huh. to come to this tent right now. And that performance is pretty much what started, I could spin backtracked and researched is what is responsible for the growth of EDM in the US. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, it was, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it until I somebody told until me, right you know now, what yeah, I mean? So, uh, like, but it was, they came out on this pyramid and they had the, uh, oh, what's that old 70s movie? Do, 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 do. Oh, um, is that uh, Close Encounters? Close Encounters of the Third, of the third Kind. kind. Yeah. And that's what they came out with. And it was just, and they had this pyramid thing. Oh, and it, was cool. just, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a performance, you know? Nice. Um, it, it was, you know, there's some memorable stuff that happens there over the years. So you go to work for them doing something, but how, what was I, the evolution like over 18 years? You know, from when we started out, I was just the artist relations driver working for my friend Shaney. Now my friend, I'm her new guy, Mike. Uh, she still calls me that, by the huh. way, which is great. Um, 18 years later. Yeah. No, it's those little things that matter, you know, those little connections with people that, that keep us a family. And... You know, I guess over the next 18 years, as the festival's grown, the consciousness on risk management mm-hmm. um, has come to the forefront because you're Coachella, you're a target, you need to do everything you can to protect yourselves. And I, I run a department, I, I run golf carts at Coachella. When I first started 10 years ago, I wasn't always in that department. 10 years ago, it would have been this year. When I first started, we had 127 golf carts. You know how many I'm responsible for now? Last Coachella, I'm responsible for 1,300 different vehicles. That's quite a few. On site, yeah. I'm responsible for inventorying them, tracking them, making sure I know who's driving them at all times, making sure all drivers have a driver's wristband and they've read our rules and they've signed off on them. So they're running and artists and like gear around and that kind of stuff. What, what does all the golf so, cart I mean, army do? It's it's for workers and mm-hmm. it's such a huge festival site. It's it's pretty much two miles long by a mile wide. Mm. And it's the festival's produced more efficiently if people have wheels. So I do my best to, you know, help people do their jobs and always having that in mind and helping people, you know, if people need to borrow something if they're not assigned a golf cart because obviously everybody signs up for them and not everybody's going to get one there's a matter of economics that comes into this you know like we pay a lot of money just in golf carts and mules and kubotas and you know ranger type vehicles right every year and i could get two thousand i wouldn't have enough you know but it's a matter of being there so long and knowing which if somebody comes to me and knowing their job well enough that I go, yeah, you you absolutely need to borrow this, bring it back to me, and you can borrow it again tomorrow. You don't bring it back to me tonight, guess what? You don't get to use it. You don't get to borrow it tomorrow, and I will send my golf cart police to come find you. We'll find and you that. don't want that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a nice guy. Just don't take advantage of me, and I will give you the shirt off my back. The moment that you don't reciprocate that, is the moment that you get cut off. Right. And I'm sorry, but that's the way it has to be. Well, that's that's why you're good at your job. One of the reasons, I'm sure. It's it's not an easy position. I've had, you know, people come up to me with the attitude, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Don't you do this? And, you know, I've been there long enough and been doing it long enough that I don't really care who you are. 
because the bosses have my back. Yeah. Bill, Bill Fold has my back and he trusts my judgment and he knows I won't betray his judgment because I've been dealing with Bill Fold since 1995, you know? Um, yeah. It's that's cool yeah and speaking of which i know we won't get into it uh deeply on this podcast but um when story forward and tree forward happens uh mike's gonna be telling a story at one of our events backstage pass but uh, i i don't know that you need to go into the details of the paris hilton incident but it was pretty <laughs> it was a little fun salacious kind of like whoa okay paris so you know i'm sure there's a you know hundreds and hundreds of stories you could tell about your coachella experience but uh yeah, I mean, then how do you get to Tree Fort? I think you have some family up in the Wood River Valley in Idaho. And then, yeah. you, had, you know. You're yeah, no, it's, it's you know, my parents, school teachers, bought a house in Ketchum, Idaho for $14,000 in 1970 um, on a school teacher salary. And it was my summertime home. You know, that's mm. that's where I grew up in the Wood River Valley every summer. For two months, that was where I grew up. We didn't have a TV. I grew up camping, hiking, fishing. That's where I became a fly fisherman back in the early days. And, you know, just kind of embracing nature. And the opportunity arose that I could, you know, wanted to move here. Well, my dad fell off the roof and broke his C1 and C2 and was, you know, bro broke his neck. <laughs> and that kind of spurred the whole thing. And I had a, a marketing agency in California called Propaganda Headquarters that in December of 2005, every single one of our clients i'm talking Donna chrysler red bull couple couple alcohol clients all called us in one month and said we love what you do but we have no money for you hmm. you know it was the very beginning the of recession. that uh, the recession yeah and we were a boutique agency that were doing boutique things um and yeah the op i was like i'm no longer tied to california there's nothing here for me let me move to so Boise. So you came to Boise? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then how'd you kind of hook up with the Tree Forward folks? Um, you know, through music, hmm. just through, I'd, I'd run across Eric a couple times. Festival times. director, Eric Gilbert. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he, he also was tour managing for Built to Spill. Mm -hmm. And he's tour managed other bands that have come through Coachella. And I've always made a point to go up and say hi to him and, you know, yeah. Hey, hey, fellow Boise, and you know, hi, how's it going, man? And it just, you know, I asked them, I asked Eric, I was like, hey, what, why'd you reach out to me? Because we've known who each other are. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, it was Decker, that Decker Rolf, that I'm not that familiar with us. Decker. Was he running? Decker and I. Decker, I might have met him I, along I, the way. I don't know if he owns a part of Tree Ford or what his role is exactly, but well, he's. I a, should a, know a, him. I guess a, a, a financier. I I, I don't oh, know okay. exactly what he is, but I was involved with him at a festival in Ketchum called Massive. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, was going and, on for a couple of years. Yeah, they did it two years, and then they were like, "We're growing. Let's bring this in." But then, unfortunately, there was a lawsuit that the mm. whole thing that just kind of squashed that whole thing, which was sad because we invested in bringing it to Bogus. We did all sorts of stuff. There was actually a couple times I remember sitting in meetings with Gilbert and I think it was Megan and Drew, where we're like, "Hey, look, we've got these people. We've got this thing. Let's collaborate." And they were just like, "No." 
we we're not EDM. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Because Massive EDM. was an EDM show. Yeah, and that you was know? right in Ketchum. Yeah, which is if you've never been to this part of the world, all of our worldwide listeners is about two and a half hours from Boise and where Treefort happens up in the mountains. Very famous, you know, uh, resort, resort ski town. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's cool. Yeah, that that. <laughs> There's, there's probably been a bit of EDM. I'm not, it's not really my genre, but at Treefort it's kind yeah. of crept in yeah, yeah, here yeah. and there, but no, it's not no, really it's, the underlying That's thing, what so. I love about Treefort is it's, it, it's all genres of music. You know, you can go yep. see anything you want. I'm not one to say, hey, look, I like this stuff. Your stuff sucks. No, like you like what you like. That's the beautiful thing about music. You know what I mean? Like nobody can tell you Absolutely. what what is good or what is bad i got a guy at work that thinks that rock and roll died when nirvana came along because he's a hairband guy well, you know you can find and, some of that and, at treeport yes yeah. i know but like i embrace it i was like man you be you you know you like what you like yeah you know and every time a nirvana song comes on the radio i always say hey chester and this your favorite band he's is like it? shut up <laughs> that was the day that music died in his world interesting yes, okay right so like, yeah but he he's a huge music fan, you know? He's a huge music fan. And who am I to tell him what to like or what not to like? Absolutely. No. You know? I should let everybody know that you're wearing a Tree Fort is for Everyone t-shirt today in studio. And that is one of the underlying mottos. My eyes are going bad. Was that your point? He's his pointing at his hat. It says, give it's a dark damn. It's dark in here. It says, give a damn. Give a damn. Okay. Yeah. Nice. My give a damn says, and Tree Ford is for everyone. Yes. So you're bringing, bringing the messaging to the studio today. But yeah, that's with the music Subtle and just messaging. with, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the culture of, of Tree Fort. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So then you get hooked into doing what at Tree Fort? Uh, they asked me if I want to be head of safety and security. And I said, uh, <laughs> can I get back to you? Because mm -hmm. I had to consult with a few people. Um, I'm very fortunate that uh, I, I met a gentleman named Peter Ashwin a few years ago through the International Festival and Event Association. And he's one of the top five guys in the world for risk management and safety of festivals. Like this guy was head of risk and safety for the Olympics from 2002 through 2012. That's he's, pretty big. He's, he's done, you know, the 2015 cricket championships in Azerbaijan. And, hmm. and I've got to talk to him about that and his process of how he went through of ingratiating himself first into the culture and not offending people through his actions to executing on site. And it's an amazing thing what he does. Super gentleman, just actually became a US citizen. So congratulations, Peter. Oh, um, is he, was he Australian? He's Australian. That's right. Yeah, because I did Australian. meet him. He helped us out with one of our Story for it events last year. Um, make sure everything went smooth, yeah. you know. Right, so. yes, yes, he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to consult with him. I was like, hey, Peter, they came to me with this. It's outside of my comf you know, comfort zone. And he said, I'll back you up. Cool. He's like, he's, he's like we'll, we'll do this together. And you know, I won't charge them a thing because it's my hometown where I live now, where I love. Hmm. Um, I won't charge you a thing. I know he, he, he did some roundtable discussions for us last year. Now he's, you know, I've graduated and learned enough that if I have questions, I absolutely consult with him. But, you know, I'm, I've researched enough and done enough homework that I, I feel that I can run this without bugging him too much. Right. You know, and man, it's, it, you seem with, to be with, doing a good with, job. With, without Peter, I wouldn't be doing this. I'll that's tell you great. that. You know, that's how grateful I am to the guy. That's so cool. Yeah. And then um, 
we also have a, a team member this year. This year, your assistant. Yes, yes. Dan Hill. Dan Hill. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a cool, I guess, relationship. I saw you guys form and kind of really took the took the lead on a number of meetings we were having about all sorts of issues in yeah. the lead up to the festival. Um, yep. And now in the rescheduling stage, I'm curious, you know, to kind of maybe pivot back to Coachella and bring in Tree Fort a little bit, but just the festival world in general. But I I know that you had a Zoom meeting with a number of people you said yesterday who are kind of the Coachella, you know, right. the, the leadership and yeah. and uh, they, that's, that's how's what, that going? Well, that's, that's one of my roles at Coachella that's, kind of hidden and underground but it's it's definitely a thing is as i have these thing called safety meetings and it's it's one of those things when somebody walks into my office and they have just the doe eyes their eyes are huge and i know right off the bat that they need to talk and get something off their chest this is while the festival's going on this is heart up heart, heart like whenever yeah. like leading up you know, because it's it's, it's, it's it's different. You know, people have different chaos at different times. Yeah, we'll you so. know, <laughs> it's uh, you know. So they walk into my office. I see. I, I look at them, and they look at me, and I know off the bat what's going on. So whoever's in the office, I ask them to politely exit. I shut the door. I sit down. I say, "What would you like to drink?" Pour them a shot. If they don't drink, I give them a water or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they proceed to talk about whatever's going on and since i've been there for so long that i know most of the festival you know it's it's transformed it's changed over the years but so have i you know i've i've kept up i've always improved my you know i've, I've had to always improve mm-hmm. that's the thing about the festival it's always trying to improve and i take that seriously so when these people come in sit down they talk they we talk it out sometimes they cry on my shoulder you know, it's it, it's it's a real thing. It's a real thing for those people. And right now, um, what's today? Today is the thirteenth. Thirteenth yeah. of June. Yep. And you know, on Monday, all of my festival family for Coachella got laid off or furloughed. Hmm. You know, and how many people is that about? I, I don't know, okay. you know, and I'm not saying every single one of them, but I know a vast majority. I'll sure. just tell you this. There was nobody in the office to call me and tell me that Coachella had been canceled. Hmm. I had to find out the same way everybody else did. Hmm. And that's a direct reflection of, yeah, there's nobody in the, you know, nobody's sure. being paid anymore. These people are hurting right now. And so tomorrow, yeah. well, tomorrow's Sunday at five o'clock. I know this won't be out by then, but myself and the voice of Coachella, Kevin Kane, are hosting a Zoom meeting for, for people just to come and chat. I did right. one last night. And man, people just want to talk. People just want to see you. We miss each other. We're a family. You know, you miss your family if you don't get to see them every so often. We didn't get to see each other this year. And mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I consider it more of a sense of duty than anything else. Right. You know? no, it's, like I these people, imagine. and also go with my dad's thing, all these people reached out to me, you know, to ask me how my dad was doing. And he contracted COVID 19. He did, and he yes. got it bad. Um, thankfully, he lived. But, you know, all these people reached out. And so it's, I, I do have a deep sense of, you know, responsibility mm-hmm. to, open up dialogue let's talk there's so much stuff going on in the world right now that 
hey, let's talk to each other. You know, let's 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 talk to each other and sort this out. Whether you're hateful, you're sad, whatever's going on, let's talk it out like humans. You know, Absolutely. like let's just. Well, there's so much natural energy that you can talk about too, maybe moving right. forward. But you know, these music festivals and just the feeling of that, you know, kinship with the people you work with. Yeah. I know that we're not as big as uh, Coachella. So we have oh, our families but, a little but, bit. But, 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 we're every, but we're every much the family of Coachella. Is, oh, absolutely. Well, I, I'm assuming that. But it's, it's, this has been very difficult. It does kind of feel like an absence, you know. You, Treefort has a special thing, man, that, and this is coming, like I've produced festivals for the last 20 years, big ones all over the country, did shows in Mexico. Um, this festival has special people behind it. And that's why I'm willing to give everything I have because I, like, I got to keep up. That's the same feeling I have at Coachella. Like if, if I'm not doing something new and better every year, you know, I'm not doing my part. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I concur. I mean, I'm part of the festival and have been for like seven years and it's been amazing yeah. and just to get every year kind of, I don't know, the warm fuzzies a bit, you know. Yeah. No, even uh, yeah, I even have, amongst uh, the stressful time, I think there's a nice vibe and, um, you know, just kind of a comfort level everybody has. Just like we all have each other's backs, you know, and I know it's, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like we're we're such good humans, every single person man, you can't help but want to help them in some way, somehow, somehow. Agreed, you know, some yeah. Way, somehow. And this has kind of been, you know, we brought this up on this podcast um, a handful of times from, you know, people who are, you know, management um, or founders all the way to musicians we've had on the show. There's a lot of that kind of talk. So we're not just trying to pat ourselves on the back. I don't think, no. you know, it's just no, it's something no, 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 that no. is... No, like, it's, you know. it's, not, it's not about that at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about acknowledging superhuman beings you know there's not enough superhuman beings right now and man i will tell you the coachella family and the tree fort family they would get along famously you know they they would just oh yeah i get you oh yeah i get you you know like they would it's that same passion the same drive the same energy that creates great stuff you know i'm i'm fortunate to be a part of both now and they're the only two festivals that i do besides the ones i'm hopefully we'll do in the future. You did get but kind of roped into some Burning Man. I did. Like hot desert heat, he said. Yeah, kind of. no, it's, you know, the more I look back on it, Christian, it was one of those things that it's, it's like, God, that sucked. But it was so <laughs> you were much in the fun. desert for like two weeks. Just no, I was there for five weeks. Five dude. weeks, holy <laughs> five crap! Five weeks at Burning Man, man. Um, working in the petrol department at uh, the 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 depot. Hmm. Um, funny enough, the a guy that's living with me right now, Michael Dell, is like a five year member of Burning Man DPW, and I was the new guy this year. We we literally worked less than a hundred yards from each other. And we huh. neither of us had any idea the other was there. And, and you now he's in Boise. Well, he no, we've he's one. Of, he's a festival guy that we run in the same circles. The same people hire me that hire him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he hires the same people I hire. Okay. So we we have that level of There's like understanding. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I I, d- I built a fence at my house and posted it on the Facebook. And he had just been, you know, he's living in his parents' house. He's been on the road for the past six years, living out of a Sprinter van. And we connected over a fence. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, I'm, I currently work at this job, and we got this guy and the, that runs a family-style, you know, 
operation and it's very much like festival work. You want to come out and give it a try? Cool. And, and he said, yeah, I'll come out and give it a try, you know? Um, so you guys yes. are keeping busy amidst the quite busy. It sounds like we don't, we maybe won't go into all the details right. of your current job, but it's right. definitely a lot. There's some, there's well, some, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in festival people. I have, okay. you know, I, I've got, I have, we brought in a second guy, Logan Keck, that's been living with me for six weeks now. And you guys are um, pretty much, you know, helping Boise in the Boise area kind of traffic run the control. traffic, you traffic know, control so you're, for you're the up at four Boise in the morning area. and you're yeah. putting up, you know, yeah. fences and whatnot or barricades yeah. and all that stuff. All, all of it. Okay. Like, wh whatever needs to get done, we do. But yeah, we're, it's so similar. I have, I have four people waiting for me to call them. That's cool. You've to, been able to keep them busy yeah. during this time. You know, to, to do something for the fellow festival family i i feel another sense of duty you know and this company's growing fast and, and what we do is very difficult work and not for everybody and i know the people that can do this work you know <laughs> the festival people can do this work so that's cool you can so, repurpose so them you know yeah so yeah yeah it's, it's good well i have a question i guess um about festivals in general you don't have to go into you know behind the scenes stuff too deeply about tree for it but just like the state of the i don't know just the the world of the festival i mean it's very obviously there's a ton of uncertainty yeah and i don't know how do you see the by being musicians and the you know this industry sort of um prevailing and kind of obviously we don't know when and we can't right. really know when at this point you know things will get back to quote unquote normal but um right I don't know. I'm just I'm interested in your take. You're obviously an insider and been there for a while. Yeah, it's obviously interesting times. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a matter of being creative, and I, and I don't like to use the term thinking outside the box, but that's kind of what we're doing right now. Is you have to do that. Let's, you know, you have to get creative. I'm fortunate enough to be producing a, a fireworks show on June on July 10th yeah. for the city of Eagle, and it's a drive-in movie style fireworks show. So, so we're, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're going to line stripe the whole thing. Every we're going to park lot by lot, and they're going to throw a twenty-minute fireworks show, and then everybody's going to leave, and it's going to be great. So my idea is, once we prove that we can, you know, successfully mm -hmm. execute this to the the state, because it's at, it's at uh, Eagle Island State Park. Okay, um, is like okay, let's do a drive-in movie-style concert series. What's stopping us from doing that? You know, like, why not? We have to get creative. People are dying for, I know I'm dying for live music. I am too. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Oh, like, man. I'm dying to see some bands and let's get creative and do something different. I know there's, I have some friends doing something very similar to that. They've already got all their plans laid out. And it's basically, you get a, so for the fireworks show, it's each stall is a, you know, 10 foot wide, 20 foot long for one vehicle. Mm -hmm. You have a 20 foot lane for fire, fire lane. And, you know, so for what I envision for a driving movie style thing is you have a 20 by 20 spot, right? So you have 20 foot for whatever vehicle you want to put in there. And the other 10 foot after the 20 okay. wide is for you to set up your chairs and yeah you know have a picnic do whatever you want to do we're gonna it's, it's all gonna be hosted by waiters and mm -hmm. servers and all that stuff 
Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, let's, no, I think that's, let's, I mean, we have to get, get creative. Inventive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to get creative and think differently because that's, that's how this stuff is going to come back is if we become creative Absolutely. and start doing stuff responsibly, you know, and responsibly smartly and, and, and create the, the template. And then as stuff opens back up, maybe we, you know, you can scale that stuff down, but mm -hmm. you've, created a thing when there were no things yeah absolutely. you know and I, I think that's that's what we need to do right now is create something for people to enjoy you know when people are uh, craving uh, it uh, amongst really all badly. this chaos right now you got people want to get out and and be around other people i mean christian for the last 20 years my job has been to gather mass groups of people you know mm -hmm. in 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 the name of good and having fun and letting them have a weekend to leave aside their own normal lives, you know, whatever troubles they had. I, I take great pride in contributing to people's sanity by giving them an outlet to have fun and let them go off for a weekend. You know, like yeah. I, I take, I understand that responsibility and I take it very seriously, just like tree fort. I understand I'm head of safety operations. At the end of the day, I want everybody there to have the time of their lives. You know, I'm not there to police people. I'm not there to tell them what they can and cannot do within certain spectrums. Yes, we will. You know, if you're being a jerk, we're sure. going to come down on you. You know what? Last year, tree fort personally, you know, over five days, I wrote eight incident reports. Wow. Eight. That's nothing, man. There's thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> you know, and that's, 500, you know, that is nothing. Yes. Yes. The paramedics, you know, had some scrapes and stuff that they sure. had to write up. So mm -hmm. the total was more than eight, but I had eight like real incidents that mm -hmm. I had to report on. And man, for a festival that size, for that many days, that many people, man, that's that, impressive. That, yeah. that Boise crowd, like they love that festival as much as we do. And yep. that's what I really noticed. The, the community has bought in to this festival and they love it. Yeah. You know, they really do. Like I watched them self-police. I watched them. Like if, if somebody was being a jerk on the main stage in the crowd, the crowd, like I didn't have to do a thing. Like people were calling the jerk out. Yeah. You I, know? I have seen that plenty as well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that's been brought up, you know, amongst the, you know, the, the leadership and the, yeah. And all the teams really, we see that. And it's yeah. just part of the whole mantra of tree port is for everyone. And, you know, the, you know, the community does take, you know, matters into their own hands in a good way. Yeah. And it's, um, it has been that way for a while. I don't know if you weren't here yet. I brought this up on one other episode, but it was, Gosh, I can't remember what year, but let's say five or six years ago, somebody swiped one of the big banners. Like this went missing. Some, you know, some drunk guy probably. Right. Um, and all there was like this kind of crowdsourcing community swell like online and like yeah. they're like, come on, dude, you got to bring it back. And, and then all of a sudden it did actually a day or <laughs> so up. later it showed, showed up. up. <laughs> Someone had dropped it off. Um, I can't. I was not directly involved with the recapturing of the banner, but uh, right. it, it was just kind of a, a funny, cool kind of uh, you know, representation it, it, of what Treeport's all about. It, it kind of shows you how much these people actually care about this festival. And man, it was immediately obvious to me that, and I've thought about that and like, wow, there are so many people that really take ownership. 
yes. like fans that take ownership in tree fort which that's what you wish for if you're creating mm-hmm. something you know for people to take ownership in it and i've thought of like how does this happen well it's through stuff like what you're doing through story fort it's through kid fort it's through all of our outreach programs throughout the community year long that create this buzz and people just love it like you guys have created the template to how to do something really really well and like i said i i feel humbled to be a part of it and blessed to have been asked to join you that's know? cool well we're happy to have you for sure um going kind of back to the having fun the energy of that you told me and a couple of others i think were sitting around um a couple months back but your your father you mentioned you know contracted yeah. COVID nineteen um, has survived it. He's, I don't know precisely how he's doing, but it sounds like you, you say he's doing pretty well. Uh, but I don't know. He, he often didn't quite get what you do for a living. And he, he, he didn't. I'd like to hear. Yeah, tell us that story. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of when you brought him out there and all very, that kind very, of stuff. Thank you. Um, so I was there was a festival called the Mountain Home Country Music Festival. I was the operations director for two years of that show, the first two years. And, you know, I was responsible for everything, everything besides the stage. That was my domain. All the vendors, laying out the site, marking the site, the whole thing was what I did. And, you know, it's it, it was held in a very special place to me on just off Highway 20 on Pine Featherville Road that I drive to, like when I go visit my parents and catch them, that's the road I travel. And Mm -hmm. I've traveled that thing must have, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of times. To be able to produce a music festival right there was a very special thing for me. So one year, the second year, after I'd, you know, done the first year, got through that, had my dad out and mom, and mom would take off every night and go home and sleep in her you know, at home, but my dad would stay on site right next to me backstage in his pop-up trailer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he went on a ride around with me, you know, when I'm, I'm going around checking on the site and I, you know, when you're, when you're in that role, you need to know everything about that site. So I had people coming up to me left and right saying, well, what about this? And I'd be like, do it like this. What about, what do this, do this. Sure. And, I'm, I, and I'm just firing off like, yes, this is how we're going to do it. We get back, you know, after the ride around, we get back to the trailer and my dad's sitting there and he's, he said, how do you know all that stuff? <laughs> and I, was, I looked at him and I said, dad, what do you think I've been doing for the last 20 years? Like, I just don't go to music festivals to party. I work my butt off at a music festival. So all these people can have the times of their lives. And that's my real juice. Like yeah. every, every show I do, I have a moment that I get to look out over the crowd and seeing everybody having the times of their lives and go, man, is there anything better? Is there anything better than this? Yeah, and that's it's, important. That's it, so cool. It, it's a real thing that's, man, that's, I think why I'm so passionate and, you know, just love what I do so much because I get to bring so much joy to so many people. This year, we're not, you know, I, I'm trying to do stuff to do that too, you know, to regain that. Cause I miss it. Like I, I, I really, really miss it, man. And it's, it sucks. And yeah. I can, I can relate. It is, you know, yeah. 
it gets you down sometimes, you right? know, but it's just because yeah. that energy is obviously fortifying us. You know, you do talk about, maybe you could describe this moment, uh, it was a Coachella moment, I think, when you just, you got on stage and just kind of felt this literal, like, physical the wave of energy right no blasting it, at you. It, it actually wasn't the coachella moment it okay. was uh when travis had taken one of my bands on tour with blink and uh-huh. it was the pop disaster tour so it was blink green day jimmy world okay and uh we played a side stage and that was our job we weren't on the main stage but i remember when blink was on i was on stage and i peeked around the corner and i felt this massive I don't know, like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Massive dose of energy, I guess is what mm-hmm. it was. And it was the crowd and it literally took my breath away. Literally cool. took my breath away. And I said, how can I get more of this? You know, yeah. how, how can I? And that was some years ago. And so you've gone That was on, 2002. That was. Right when you're you getting know, ready to start Coachella. Yep. I had that massive dose of, whoa. Yeah. That was insane. What was that? How can I be around that more? And, you know, like I said, I have a moment every year at Coachella or Stagecoach or mm-hmm. Tree Fort where I'm on stage with one of my favorite bands. And, you know, last year, Liz Fair. Oh, cool. uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, Liz Fair. We all had crushes on Liz oh, Fair. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And she looked so good. I like was just Silent like, oh, Guyville. my God. Yeah, yes. Like, oh, man. Yes. Yep. And so to to have those experiences, man, is is like music has shaped my life. And once it, it finally caught me when I started managing the band and got more into it and started, you know, I don't want to say making a name for myself, but people knew who I was and would, sure. would hire me because of my work ethic and me being who I am and man, I take great pride in in that, you know? Like that's that's my passion. This is what I do. I'm I'm when I was producing music festivals, I, I considered myself like full time mm-hmm. the one of the luckiest people on earth because I get to do what I love for a living. You know, I, I get to make all these people happy and see my favorite bands on stage whenever I want. Like that's pretty good. You yeah, know what I, I mean, know. man? Like, yeah. pinch me, but that's travel, not a... You know, all over yeah. the country and the yeah. world. Get you know? paid to travel yep. all over the country. That's pretty um, amazing. It it was a, a great gig, and, and Did you ever think you'd is. be doing... like When you were growing up, No, we didn't get that at the beginning, but what did you want to do, you thought? So I, I have my degree in Latin American Studies from UCLA. Okay. I wanted to go into international trade, travel South America, bring back cool pieces, and sell them. Okay, that sounds right? pretty fun too. Right, yeah, <laughs> not, not a bad gig either. And then I started managing the band mm. and life took me that way. And I embraced it and, you know, had the marketing agency just based on my experience in this, you know, action sports industry and music mm. um, that I was getting paid to be who I am, you know, just for my connections, my relationships, my things and but, yeah, was, not everybody can say that. You, you know, know, like I it's mean, it's <laughs> it was a special thing. At the same yeah. time, that ended in December two thousand five, and you have to pivot. You got to go. You know, so I went way more into the music festival side that time. Okay, and uh, you know, I've and back then that was the beginning of them all. So I've I I'm 
I had a guy, at, a kid at EDC. He was my uh, at EDC. I managed shuttles at the MGM, and uh, the EDC the, is Electric Daisy Carnival. Okay, the biggest music festival in, in the United States. Really? Yeah. In Vegas. Yeah. Okay. In May, and I'm friends with some folks at CID Entertainment that uh, hire me for these things. You know, I'm. I can manage a couple different things. I can, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can do stuff. And I, I had a kid that was, he was my box office guy. So everybody that came up, they had to show their shuttle pass to him and come in. And he come, you know, I met him the first day and I was like, all right, seems like a good kid. Came back to the next day and he said, dude, you're a legend. And I was all, whoa, what? Like, what did you just say? And he's like, oh, he's like, I I asked. And they were just like, oh, yeah, that's Inch. That's like, he's. That's awesome. And I said, I'm I'm not a legend. And thank you for for making me feel very old. But, (laughs) um, you know, just to like, man, like, I, I, you know, thinking back after that moment and thinking back of how I've helped blaze a trail for many festival workers out there that obviously don't have work right now sure but we were just trying to get it done and doing the best we could and we've come up with some processes along the way and if you're a good person and you you can work hard you can make it in the festival industry you know it's a viable career path now when i was when i was growing up it was not you know we we were weren't that many festivals you know kind of we're about the same age, um, yeah. you know, in the eighties and nineties. Um, I think Lollapalooza maybe kind of ushered in and like Lilith Fair, that kind of era in the nineties yeah. kind of brought yeah. that back. Yep. Um, but like in, it was kind of post, people were maybe tired of the music festival, like the the Woodstocks and the whatever folk festival yeah. it is. And, you know, this kind of, when I grew up as an eighties kid, you know, it was just kind of like, no, those are guys, those for the hippies, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's definitely come back and we're, we hope and pray um, if you're a praying sort um, that, you know, all this will end sooner rather than later so that this industry can remain as healthy as it's been. I know on, on our StoryForge side, we actually have a series we're going to be rolling out this summer out at the Idaho Botanical Gardens. It is a very low, it's like 17 acres of space. And so there's plenty of room to social distance and we're going to have a, a cool reading series. So, you know, Rad. we're trying to pivot and use local yeah. artists. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. That's a, it's something we, that's the reality right now. But yes. yeah, so gosh, I mean, maybe any final words of inspiration or thought or a good funny story about uh, any of your line of work? Man, like right now, it's just be a good human being. You know, if I could give one word of advice, just be a good human being. Think about, I know there's a lot of people that are, that, you know, can tend to be angry right now and tend to, you know, do that stuff. Like check yourself and just, try to be a good human being you know this is the time when we need to be good human beings and you're a good human being there's you know i I got your back till the end of time you know i'm i'm good about that i i had a misunderstanding with a co-worker this week and it basically come down for me telling him i was like man you know i i respect you as a friend you're you're a good human being and and that's what it came down to and it it, he really appreciated it i i needed to get it off my chest and let him know that whatever's going on right now in this world 
that, man, I respect you as a person first. You know, I don't care about what you believe. I don't care about all this stuff. You're a good human, you know, like it's it's weird times. It's times like like we just need to yeah, be absolutely. good people, you know, uh, just be good people. Um, and that's that goes for everybody. I'm not taking a political side on anything. It's just like just be a good human being, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, it becomes more and more difficult, you know, and as the chaos continues to swirl around us, but we're we're doing our best. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the time to dig our heels in. This is the time that, like, how how resolvent are you? Like, can you do this? Mm -hmm. We we can, like, it's a challenge for everybody. You know, I've had a huge challenge these last couple months with my dad getting sick and not being able to visit him and not going to console my mom because if I went up there, I'd have to stay there for two weeks, but I have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had a time, one, one of the days I had to, I grieved over my dad four different times. Mm-hmm. Four different days I thought my dad was going to die. And one of those days I went on a hike. That's what I ch- generally do. I get out in nature when mm-hmm. I'm... I'm feeling that way and you know I was like god this the whole world's under such a test and we're being test mo- tested more and more every day just by current events uh, how would my dad want me to come out of this like how would my dad want me to do this like a lifelong educator mm-hmm. um and I told myself like he'd want me to get an A plus mm-hmm. and you know since that day I've woken up every morning to have A plus days and come out of that day better than I entered it. And man, it's it was a mantra for me then because I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm sticking by it, man. Like A plus days. I think that's you a know? good one. I'd like to, yeah, maybe we can end on an A plus note. Um, but thanks for that. Yeah. And thanks for coming on today. Uh, Man. This, thank you. For, thank you for having me. Like we, I said, I've had, I've had quite, quite the journey like oh, in have. life, but just in the last few months, it's been, you know, yeah, absolutely. A plus days, man. A plus a, days. A plus I days. like that. I'm going to adopt that. Please do. Adapt it's, to that way of thinking. Yeah. It is, you know. It's, it's tough. It is a difficult thing it's, at times right now, but I think it's a mental thing, man. You got to overcome it. Like this this thing's not done. We're still going to be in this, but we got to keep the positive mindset and I know it's difficult. And I know it's it's not easy, but if you can do it, man. Yeah. You know, like well, we're We've been trying, you know, keep this podcast rolling as one way we yeah. stay connected. Yep. You know, we've had some uh Oh, gosh, plenty of online connection with some of our artists and all that stuff, too, that I won't go into right now. But we want to thank you, Mike Inch. Hey, You're awesome. Christian Wynn, I appreciate you come, having me out. Yeah. You know, like I said, man, I got a story. I was bummed. I, w- I was look, really looking forward to speaking at Tree Fort or at Story Fort. Um, Your dad was going to maybe come down at the time. They, they you know. both were. Yeah. They, they both were. And, you know, both my mom, because, you know, my mom got it too, but she just oh, didn't. Oh, she did. I oh, didn't yeah. Know that. Oh, yeah. She just didn't get it nearly as bad as my dad, mm. obviously. So my dad was induced into a coma with a ventilator. His oxygen levels were continuing to drop, and they started flipping him from his back to his stomach. And that is what mm-hmm. saved his life. I remember reading that comment by you, and I've heard of that um, technique yeah. being used quite a lot. Yeah. Um, 
in the news, but uh, we are about out of time, so we can go yep. on. Um, I know I could go on, we've got, on and on. We've got a beer in front of you right now. We could sit around and finish it off the six pack, but uh, we got to get off the air for now. But cool. um, yeah, I want to say thanks to all of Tree Fort, um, all the the fans of Tree Fort um, who have not yet had their Tree Fort fix for the year, but Story Fort too. Um, we're keeping busy. I want to thank Eavesdrop E A S E D R O P dot com studio for having us actually in the studio, safely socially distanced today yep. and um, sanitized. We want to thank just gosh, um, up is the down is the for our theme music, and hey, someday soon we'll see you at the fest.